You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Make Your Own Fortune. Tuesday. After a large, tasty Chinese meal, I lean back and decide to just enjoy the moment. What's the matter? My friend Mary asks. Nothing, I say. Why? I don't know, you suddenly look like Charles Manson trying to remember where he parked, she says. I was trying to be in the moment, I say, no longer in the moment. This is why I can't relax, because whenever I do, I end up looking like an antisocial lunatic. Sitting there, I realize that I'm still hungry. I've been trying to watch my diet lately, and so I debate whether to top things off with a fortune cookie. You just ate three egg rolls and a family-sized plate of General Tao chicken, Mary says. Why not go for gold? I read the ingredients on the wrapper. Sugar, cocoa oil. I crack it open and read the fortune. It says, Spoil yourself a little. Not one to argue with a written commandment. I eat half the cookie. And as I eat, I'm not exactly in the moment, but somewhere adjacent to it. But the experience of cracking open the fortune cookie, if not actually eating it in its entirety, has proven so exhilarating that I decide to take advantage of being in Chinatown and buy a whole bag of fortune cookies on my way home. I convince myself that it's a good thing to keep in the house, just in case, like candy sprinkles or a flashlight. We may not put a lot of credence in the actual prophetic ability of the cookie, but there is something undeniably appealing about its style. Wednesday. I walk into the kitchen to find Zuzu sitting at the kitchen table with her friend. Between them sits my bag of fortune cookies. They reach their hands in, grab a cookie, crack it open, read the fortune, toss the cookie shell aside, and move on to the next one. They do this with the kind of speed and matter-of-factness that makes the task look more like a factory job than a consultation with the oracular. Patience is a virtue, Zuzu reads. Patience sucks, says her friend. I don't like being patient about anything. Well, aren't you patient about death? asks Zuzu. In such moments, my daughter reminds me of nothing more than a cute little sock puppet on Albert Camus' fist. The worst fortunes are the ones that tell you to do things, Zuzu says. Look for beauty in ordinary things. Oh, look, a toaster oven. How beautiful. Yeah, those fortunes are a ripoff, her friend says. I like the ones that predict the future. And together, they reach their hands into the bag for more prophecy. I consider telling them that each fortune is supposed to be savored, and what they're doing is something like speed-reading a book of haikus. But perhaps their system has its merits. Our fortune changes each second of the day with every new observation, with every new micro-decision we make. And maybe theirs is a fortune cookie methodology that reflects this. And so, I keep my mouth shut and allow them to polish off a year's worth of fortunes in ten minutes flat. Who knows how the cookies' wisdoms were intended to be received? 
I mean, it isn't like the fortune cookie company inserts little operation manuals into each cookie anyway. Um, hello? Yes? Uh, I'm sorry, this is... Cindy? Is Donald Lau there? Peace of hope. Please, stay on the line. And we'll be... Donald Lau speaking. Hi, Donald Lau? Yeah. Mr. Lau, you work for Wonton Foods Incorporated, which is one of the largest manufacturers of fortune cookies in the United States. Yes, uh, mostly looking after uh, finance and uh, general management. There was a time, though, where you were the man in charge of writing the fortunes that go into the cookies. Well, there wasn't any man in charge, but uh, uh, that job sort of fell to me because uh, my English was best. And and at the beginning, I mean, was was it hard to to come up with uh, with fortunes on a regular basis? Well, the hard part was to fit everything into a uh, uh, half inch by uh, two and a half inch uh, sheet of paper. So uh, I was limited to about ten words. Ten words. Sometimes you just ride the subways and uh, uh, thoughts come to your mind. Sometimes uh, uh, over a glass of wine, uh, things pop into your head. How many fortunes would you say that you wrote during the span of your career? I think uh, maybe uh, two or three thousand. Wow. If you figure uh, how many cookies uh, that we manufacture, I would, uh, I would think that I'm one of the most published uh, authors in the world. And, and how large an audience would you guess that you reach with, with your fortune cookies? Well, potentially uh, everyone in the United States. That's how far-reaching the distribution was, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you have a favorite kind of fortune to write? Because, like, you know, when you crack open a fortune cookie, there's two kinds. There's the ones that, uh, you know, contain a little bit of, of wisdom, and then there's the ones that are more prophetic. Like, there's the ones that say, enjoy each day like it was your last, but then there's the other ones that say, you know, you will meet a stranger who will change your life in the near future. Actually, uh, a lot of people like the, uh, the latter ones. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, fortune cookies are given to the uh, uh, diners after a meal. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to uh, think. They just want to uh, enjoy the moment. And as long as they leave uh, the restaurant happy, I would say that would be a uh, uh, successful fortune. Maybe here's an idea for you. You make a fortune cookie that's big enough for you to stick the bill inside. <laughs> Maybe it'll make people happier to get the bill. Actually, we had uh, occasions to make fortune cookies where uh, people had diamond rings put inside for proposals. We made sure that we gave him the, uh, the correct cookie, though. <laughs> right, yeah. But we, we have uh, a vast uh, database right now of uh, more than 10,000 uh, fortunes. Do you ever read any of these new fortunes and think to yourself... I could do better? Yeah, I could do better than that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. And you don't miss it? No, no, I, I don't miss it. I'm uh, sort of retired now. Mm-hmm. The way that I understand it, you stopped doing it because you just hit some kind of writer's block. I guess so. So after six months without uh, any new fortunes, uh, somebody else had to pick up the ball. And you, and you don't get a little bit of like a pang? Like, <laughs> I used to be on the other side of this. No, uh, just don't take things that seriously. Now, is there is there wisdom in that, not taking things so seriously? I have writer's block. I don't have wisdom. <laughs> I wish I had some. Well, you must have had wisdom at some point. 
Well, not not according to my daughters. Well, who? No one's wise to uh, to their daughters. So, <laughs> but they. But you see, you know, if you put your wisdom that you wanted to impart to them in a fortune cookie, maybe they'd be more inclined <laughs> to. Maybe, but uh, I I doubt it. Their wisdom comes from MTV and other uh, TV shows. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Mr. Lau. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Jonathan Goldstein. I can't take your call right now, but please leave a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you. St. Catherine and Peel, 15 minutes, southwest corner. By 2.30, that's in 15 minutes. It's kind of urgent. It's kind of an urgent emergency. End of message. To hear the message again. So what was so important that I had to come out here and meet you in the middle of the afternoon? I just wanted you to come down so we could go shopping. This was your emergency that I need to go shopping? Yeah, haven't you ever seen that show Fashion Emergency? You, sir, are a fashion emergency. In fact, I should probably call the fashion ambulance and have the fashion paramedics put the fashion paddles to your fashion chest. I mean, look at you. You're wearing a black corduroy blazer that's like two sizes too small and looks like it has three shoulders in it. Those are epaulets. That's that's a shoulder pad. Yes, shoulder pads. You ever watch Jamie Lee Curtis movies from the late 80s? She wore shoulder pads. And your shirt, which I think started as black, seems to have stuff from lunch stuck to your collar. I, 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 and then I, there are the shoes, which look like you were walking around barefoot and you stepped in something and it stuck to your foot and you decided to call that shoes. What is that, a women's tennis sock with a pom-pom on the back? No, that's not. That's a man's sock. I'm just saying the whole package just makes me sad, and I just want you to... What, what makes what you're wearing so great? I'm sorry, what was the question? Why do I look so great? Well, no, I, no, that wasn't the question. Okay, I'll tell you why I look so great. Take, for example, these pants. They're denim pants, much like your denim jeans, right? Same thing, we're both wearing dungarees. 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 Why don't you wear pantaloons? They're much hipper than dungarees. I don't understand. I mean, jeans are jeans, you know? Jeans are jeans. Some jeans have a stonewash like you're on tour with rat or poison in 1981, and some don't. Some pants are way too long and misshapen and make you look like you jumped out of a plane and your parachute didn't open, and some don't. Some jeans look like you're a gold prospector named Pappy, and some jeans look like you're from this century and you're walking around ready to go on a job interview wearing your fancy super premium denim jeans that, by the way, cost almost $500. You know, I was perfectly content sitting in my office, you know, doing some writing, minding my own business. You know, you're making me feel really self-conscious about myself. What do you do? You get dressed in the dark? You can tell me. What do you have, a big pile of your dirties and a big pile of your clean on your floor, and you just rotate between them? What's the point of putting your clothes away on a hanger when it's only going to get dirty again? What is it? Well, I don't understand what the point you're trying to make. All right, let me break it down for you like this. You know when, when Grandpa gets a little bit old and he starts running over pedestrians, you take away his keys? This is the yeah. fashion equivalent of that. Of you taking away my pants. I'm not taking away your pants. I'm taking away your keys to your pants. I'm just going to take away your permission to think you know how to dress yourself. We're going to go out and we're going to have a good time doing it. All right, okay, let's go to the clothing store. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Gregor, first of all, I mean, this isn't my kind of place. This stuff is really pricey. That's exactly my point. It's not your kind of place. That's why I brought you here. Look, I'm looking for, like, maybe, you know, like, I, I've always wanted one of those brown cardigans, you know, uh, suspenders, maybe. Yeah, that sounds really good for when you're 80 years old. Look, you see this mannequin here on the wall? Mm-hmm. It looks like Michelangelo's David. Right, exactly. That mannequin is much more handsome than you are. It doesn't even have a head. I'm not talking about the physical mannequin. I'm talking about the clothes on the mannequin. But a person is more than just clothing, you know? A human being has a soul, an inner beauty. So, how's anyone supposed to get past the fact that you look like a circus clown and see your inner beauty? In my own defense, circus clowns wear bright colors. I, I, I wear very kind of toned-down colors. Yeah, so you look like a, a Soviet-era circus clown at a funeral. The point is, you need some new clothes. All this right. This look good on you. What is that? This is a stretchy shirt. What are you, what are you doing? You're on, but I'm not going to take off my shirt here. Relax. Nobody's staring. I'm, I can go in a changing booth. There's no need to be so modest. You're among friends here. Nobody's judging your body. Everyone is looking at us right what now. What is that, your belly? Okay, please. Um, uh, you want me to try this on? I just, yes, I think... All right, okay. Hang on. Oh, I like this on you. You know why? Why? Well, look at it. Look at yourself in the mirror. It hides all your flaws. This is awful. I look like I'm going... Wait, go- do this for me. Do this rock, step, kick. Rock, step, kick. Just go back and forth like this. Why? Because I want to see how it moves with you. The salespeople are laughing at that- me. You know something doesn't look good on you when salespeople who earn their keep from you are laughing at you. They're not laughing at you. They're laughing with you. They're not Just laughing move. with me. Rock, step, kick. You want to make sure that the fabric flows with your body when you dance. Can we try another place, please? All right, fine. Let's get out of here. I like this ruffle front shirt for you. Let's get some sales help and see if we get one of these ruffle front shirts in your size. I think that's a lady shirt, Gregor. Don't be ridiculous. Is Prince a lady? He wears ruffle front shirt. No, I'm not going to wear a ruffled shirt. Miss, we'll take two of these in 30. And if you have anything that would fit him with a ruffle front, if you could bring that over. I also like these capris. Do you make capris in his size? And some stretchy cropped pants. And let's get some of these jog bras for you. Excuse me, what did you say? A bra for jogging, for support up top. You're going to need a bra. I'm not wearing a brassiere. Bounce up and down. I'm not. Could you stop that, please? Until you firm up, you need a jog bra. And don't you fight me on this one. A lot of guys have to wear them. Nothing to be ashamed of. Excuse me, miss. Can we get two jog bras over here? For this guy. I think he's an A-cup. Gregor, this is... You're really overdoing... You shut your mouth. I'm serious. Shut your mouth or I'll stuff this sock right in it right now. But I... You keep I, your mouth shut and you keep shutting it. Now give that woman your credit card and stop embarrassing me. I'm sorry. Here, here you go. Okay, thanks a lot. Well, I think that went pretty well. Look at all this stuff I've got. I mean, I, I, I can't even carry it all. This is more clothes than I, I buy in like 10 years. Look, trust me, you're going to look great. There's nothing wrong with you that some new clothes won't make you look better in. In fact, you're going to look great at this benefit. What, what benefit are you talking about? You know, the benefit. The $1,000 played benefit. I, this is the first time here. Don't worry, what, I already signed you up for what it. What are you talking about? What benefit? I told you. My girlfriend, Samantha, is having a benefit, and I signed me up and you up. You can't sign me. I don't have that kind of money to spend on a on a, on a Look bed. at all these beautiful clothes. Does a man who dresses like this have no money? Don't be ridiculous. You're not going to disappoint Samantha, are you? She was excited that someone from my side is coming, a real television personality. I'm not on television. Radio, television. What's the difference? She's never heard of you anyway. The point is you're a celebrity, and you're going to bring your star power. This is why you took me out for clothing, to make no, presentable? No, is no. That, that's it. You always have a secret Boy, agenda. This yes. wasn't about me. I think they were going to do like an auction for a date with you or something like that. I'm not coming to 
to any You're benefit. You're part of this phase two auction that happens before the real auction with the good stuff. It's going to be like the rodeo clown at the rodeo. What do you? Do? Could you? Well, don't worry, I'm going to shill bid you. It's not like no one's going to bid on you. I'll, I'll bid on you, okay? So you won't embarrass me. I'm going to get bidders. I don't need you bidding on me. Yes, you'll get bidders. You don't think I'm going to get bidders? You're going to get bidders. A lot of people are going to bid for a date with Mr. Charming. You're being sarcastic. Yeah, well, the clothes may make the man, but we got to do a brain transplant on you. Uh, Howard, what's up? Mm, not so good today, my friend. Oh, what's the matter? I'm 40 now. Mm-hmm. On paper, it's not so old. 40's the new 16, they say. I, I don't know if they say that, but... I don't know if I'm having some kind of like teenage crisis or something, but I, I'm just looking at myself in the mirror, and I just I just feel really, really out of shape and aged. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. I feel like I, I've accomplished nothing, really, in my life so far. Well, no, I mean, that's not true. Uh, you've had a very interesting, if not checkered, career. You know, you've done all kinds of different things. Uh, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a black belt within my own secret martial arts system. I mean, yeah, you've got your kung fu. You've done your professional gambler for a while. Yeah, I got a successful paper route. Absolutely. Because I just feel like a big failure, and I, I don't know. I just oh, can't to... I don't, I, I don't like to hear you talk that way. Well, I, I know there are certain things that can make me happy. I just feel it's, it's just beyond me. That's the problem. Wow. What do you think? Are you thinking about a change in career? Or do you want to go back to school? No, no. Nothing, nothing as labor-intensive as that. I think what would really make me feel good, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's actually this jacket I saw, this really great leather bomber jacket. And on the back, it's all embroidered. And it says, gunning for glory. It's like one of the most beautiful jackets I've ever seen in my life. Let me get this straight, okay? Mm-hmm. You're going through some kind of midlife crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Big time. The only thing that's going to help you, that's going to right you, it's a bomber jacket with... What does it say on the back? Gunning for glory. H- how do you expect me to take you seriously? I was actually giving credence to what you were telling me. This is an existential problem here. This that you need a jacket. I've, uh, my, my, my heart hurts. Okay, you know what? So, you know, go out and get yourself a jacket. What do you want me to tell you? I'm broke. I'm broke. The jacket's a thousand five hundred. That is ludicrous. Gregor just forced me into going out and buying a whole new wardrobe, and it didn't cost as much as that. It's full queer, John. It's full queer. That means fake leather. That's a French term. It's more leather than leather, they say. Right. I just, I guess, I was just trying to say I, I'm, I'm just kind of skirting around the issue. But, John, I need money. Howard, I can't keep giving you money. What are you giving me money for? Where, like, oh, I can't think the last time I've asked you for money. Last week. What did I ask you for last week? You remember the, the superhero costume that you saw in the shop window that you wanted? The Flash. That was a week and a half ago, first of all. And I'd thank you not to go around telling people about that, because that's my secret identity. The week before that, I gave you money for a pair of budgies? Yeah, Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, what happened to Laverne and Shirley? Well, Laverne died, and then Shirley died from grief soon afterwards. Okay. Howard, listen, if you want to get yourself the jacket, you know what I would suggest? I'm not going to say what, because I know what you're going to well, say. Well, you know, know what I'm going to say. That's right. I'm going to say, go get a job, earn the money, get yourself a bomber jacket. I am earning it. How are you earning it? Because you have money, and that's not very easy talking to you. It's not exactly a picnic. Okay, Howard, you know what? 
I'm not getting you this bomber jacket. Give me money. No, it's... it's Give me lots of money. Will you listen to yourself? I want your money. Howard, you're acting like a 14-year-old. I am not acting like a 14-year-old. I'm telling hey, you I want. Listen to yourself. I listen to yourself. Things, and you won't give it to you're me. You never like a... give me these things that I want. Dad, I just don't understand why you can't get the things that I want. Did you hear what you just said? Yeah, you won't even let me have no, a nice just, jacket. No, you just call me Dad. Okay, Dad. Why don't you, you buy just me that jacket, me dad. dad? And we can go to a ball game together. Okay, you know, you know what? This conversation's finished. I, I, I gotta get back to work. Just give me the money or buy me the jacket. Howard, listen to me. Good. I'm hanging up on you. Don't you hang up on me. Goodbye. I'm, I'm whoa, finished. Whoa, 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 One sec, one sec, one sec. What? Money? Hey, John. Howard, what are you doing here? Well, when we talked earlier today... Mm-hmm. You hung up on me. I, I did, and I didn't feel good having to do that. But, yeah, I did hang up on you. Well, I got to say, it made me think a bit. Oh, yeah? And I I got dressed and... Uh-huh. Took a long walk over here, and I thought about the things you said. And things I said. Well, I'm glad to hear that, that you did think about it. Mm, and, yeah, uh, no. look, you know, it's, uh, it's okay. You know, I, I forgive you. Oh, you forgive me. Well, I'm so blessed. I, what are you being so sarcastic? What, what is that? It's oh, not, I'm so moved. I was going to come into my knees. Oh, you know what? Asking for forgiveness. I, I, Please forgive me for asking for you to help me. That's what I was going to do. I'm not trying anymore. Why don't you just hang up on me again? I can't hang up on you because you're here in person. No, no hang up on me I in would person. love to hang up on you. I, I wish I could. Nothing like getting your hand slapped away when you're reaching out. Well, you were reaching out for my wallet. Let's be clear about that. It's not just me you're hurting, but there's a leather industry that's going through hard times now because of our recession. You're affecting Canada and cows and fake cows. Would you? Pl- why did you come down here? Because I took your advice and I got myself some employment, like you said. I'm employed now. I wanted to show you that I'm a man and that I don't need your help. Well, good. That's nice to hear. I had a connection here at the CBC that I exploited... You're getting a job at the CBC? Yeah. I'm going to be a bathroom attendant at the CBC. Okay, first of all, there are no bathroom attendants at the CBC. Well, there are now. I'm freelancing. You're a freelance bathroom attendant? Yeah, I'm a freelance bathroom attendant. How you cannot... I'm going to show up. I'm going to be working the toilets, men's and women's. You can't do that. There's protocol. You I cannot... have my outfit here. I got my vest. I got my bow tie. I have my cleaning belt. I got my toilet brush on here, and I'm going to have a tip jar. And I'm going to have an espresso uh-huh. machine. Oh, you're going to have an espresso. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to clean the toilets. You know, I know what you're doing, and it's incredibly passive-aggressive. I don't want your money anymore. No, no, you, you don't. No, you're me. just trying to... You're, I, I see what you're You're trying to shame me. So, let me, let me get this straight. You gouge out my eyes and reproach me for my blindness. You tell me to get a job, I get a job, and now you're putting me down for my job. You know what? Fine, bring it on. Oh, great. yeah? Yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. I'll see you Monday that morning. And I'm going to save enough money. I'm going to get my bomber jacket. I'm going to wear my bomber jacket. Good. And I can tell you, if you think the water cooler is a place for hot gossip, wait till you see my bathrooms. Oh, I see. What, do, what, what is that supposed to mean? Nothing. But, you know, people talk in bathrooms. What are you, what are you implying? What are you, what are you saying right now? I'm saying that there's a chance, you know, in the intimate nature of a bathroom that I might, you know, slip up and say a few things about you that maybe you wouldn't like people to know about. Oh, really? About. Like, what kind of stuff? I don't know. How you, how you still sleep with your stuffed alligator named Mr. Noodles. What? And how you cry like a baby at the end of movies like Beaches. Okay, all right. Remember that time you dressed up as Freddie Mercury on Halloween? Howard, you can't continually, like, like blackmail me like this. Who's blackmailing you? I see what you're doing. It's horrible. <sighs> it's amazing. It's like you, you can't be pleased. 
I thought you'd be proud of me that I, that I went out and I, I took some initiative and I found myself a job. First of all, it's not a job. That's loitering. Are you jealous because it took me only about 15 minutes to get a job at the CBC? It took CBC you 15 minutes to figure years? out a way to vex me. That's what. I, I, I... Okay, look, Howard, you want a job? Yeah. That lasts about 15 seconds and pays $1,500. How's that for a job? You know what that job's called? It's called friendship. Okay, that is not friendship. That's exploitation. That's taking advantage of a friend. That's not friendship, Howard. Isn't friendship about helping other people out? Okay, you know what, Howard? Here. Here's my wallet. Go ahead. Okay. Take whatever you want. How much do you want? Here, 60, 80, 90. Here. Take, you know what? Ta here. Take the credit card. Have a ball. Okay? Really? Yeah. My wallet is your wallet. Just take it and just go. Well, Have a good time. I mean, do you want to, do you want to come along? No, I don't want to go come along, Howard. I have work to do. I feel a bit dirty now. I'm kind of holding this wad of cash in my hands, but I get the feeling like that it would be wrong. Oh, really? You, you've gotten that feeling somehow? I just get the impression that you wouldn't be really happy that this wasn't really a sincere gesture. So wait a second. So what you're realizing is that my happiness actually enters into the equation here. I don't know about that fancy talk, but, uh, here, here, take it back. Take it back. It's all there, it's all there, it's all there. Okay, all right, thank you. Well, there's a bit, there's a bit of a tough love there. I feel a bit well, uh, embarrassed, I mean. No, it's fine, it's fine. I've been going through a hard time. I, 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 I saw I, that jacket, and it was right. just like, it spoke to me. Okay, well. Like gunning for glory, you know. Funny enough, you, you, that really just inspired me in this whole thing. Has it? Yeah, I've well, asked, that's good. I don't really want to be the bathroom attendant. I mean, there's other ways for me to make money, I realize. Absolutely, there's other ways. You know, there's I was thinking maybe like a garage sale kind of thing to start me off. You know, I have stuff to sell, and you have a lot of stuff in your house you don't even ever really use. Well. We got that sofa downstairs, like, what, you never even use that? Well, I mean, that's my that's my basement sofa. Yeah, but I mean, no one ever really uses it. I, I mean, it's... So I can get like 40 for that or something. This is not your way to make money, selling you know, my I'm stuff. I'm not going to bother you with this stuff now. I'm just going to go. I got the key. I'll let myself in. I'll go see what's out there. Howard, I don't want you in my house. You know, we'll just pull our merchandise. I, it's my belongings. It's not merchandise. They seek him here. They seek him there. His clothes are loud. But never square It will make or break him So he's got to buy the best Cause he's a dedicated follower of fashion And when he does On Wiretap Today, you heard Donald Lau from Wonton Foods Incorporated Gregor Ehrlich and Howard Chakowitz Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein With Mira Bertwintonic and Carolyn Warren Production assistance from Crystal Duhame. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.